Mama. This is Carianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing. So we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about safe sleep. October is Safe Sleep Month and SIDS Awareness Month. And so we thought we would kind of dive into just the six misconceptions about safe sleep, but also about the importance of safe sleep. So, Kariana, take it away. When we're talking about SIDS, um, and SIDS is also referred to sometimes as SUID, um, which is sudden unexpected infant death. So you may hear those kind of interchangeably sometimes. Basically just means that we can't clearly state what caused the infant's death. And this is in little ones that are 12 months and under. Um, but then there's also another facet to safe sleep besides SIDS. And that is just death that can happen during sleep. Um, and so oftentimes that is referred to as a SSB or accidental suffocation and strangulation in bed. Um, so there's kind of two sides to this coin. Um, not only do we want to practice safe sleep to reduce the risk of SIDS, um, but also to prevent um, ASSB deaths as well. So I know today is kind of a tough, tough topic, um, not necessarily fun to think about, but I do believe it's really important to be informed so that we can make the decisions that are right for our family. Um, and so before I kind of jump in, I do just want to make sure if you don't practice safe sleep, maybe it's because you didn't know what you're doing is unsafe, or maybe you did know that it's not the safest option and you still are choosing to do it. This is not meant to be judgmental or shaming. We just want to make sure that everyone has the facts so they can make their own decisions. Because if you listen to our episode from a couple weeks ago, you know, Kayla and I both did unsafe sleep practices as well. So Yes, we're right there, right there in the same boat with you. And some of those were things that we just didn't know better. And some of them were things that we probably did know better and still chose to make those decisions. So we get that. Um, But we just want to make sure you have all the info possible. Okay. So I think maybe let's just do a quick refresh of the basics of safe sleep before we get into some of these misconceptions. The ABCs are what I like to use because they're real easy to remember. And these are kind of the core safe sleep um, things that we can do. They are what we call preventative factors and they reduce the risk of SIDS and they will totally prevent ASSB if you're following these safe these ABCs of safe sleep. Okay. So A is for alone. So we always want your baby to sleep alone without blankets or pillows or pets or siblings or other family members, parents in their sleep space. We want them to be totally alone in their sleep space. B is for back. So we always want to place them on their back to sleep. And once they're old enough where they can roll and get to their side or their tummy, then that's okay for them to sleep there. But until they can move to that position on their own, we always, always start them on their back and keep them on their back. 
And then C is for crib, but this could also be bassinet or pack and play, basically a flat, firm surface for them to sleep on. So shouldn't be sleeping on couches or docka tots or adult mattresses or car seats or swings or you name it. It should just be a flat, firm surface for them to sleep on. So those are the basics. Okay. And since now we know the basics, we're going to go ahead and share with you the six common misconceptions. So the first one is if I don't room share, my baby is at a higher risk. Yes. And I hear this one a lot and there can be some confusion because there are so many recommendations out there. So the ABCs that we just talked about, those are preventative measures that you can take that directly reduce the risk of SIDS or ASSB. Now, room sharing is falls under the protective factor category. So that's also with things like pacifiers are a protective factor. Um, what we know is that if you don't room share or if you don't use a pacifier, that does not increase your risk of a SIDS event happening. So if you choose not to room share and from day one, your child goes into their own crib in their own room, you are not increasing their risk in any way. Um, I sometimes use this analogy, and you may have heard this before, of a room sharing is like wearing a seatbelt. So wearing a seatbelt would protect me if I got into a car accident, but wearing a seatbelt does not keep me from getting into a car accident in the first place. So that's kind of how you can look at room sharing. And what I will add, and this is purely anecdotal, but um, sometimes with some families, I find that room sharing almost leads to more unsafe sleep habits and to not following the ABCs, which are kind of the gold standard because the child is right there next to them in the room. It's so much easier in the middle of the night to just grab them and pull them into bed with you and to make um, an unsafe choice that is a much bigger deal than if they were in their room across the hall. So every family kind of needs to decide that, you know, for themselves. What Kayla, what did you guys do as far as room sharing goes? Um, well, as I, I think a couple, um, podcasts ago, I talked about Ellis and how Mm -hmm. he slept on us for the first three months, um, because he had really, really awful reflex. But so, I mean, that right there, not the safest choice. And then, with Imery, he did just fine in a bassinet right next to our bed. So um, he started at a bassinet and then we moved him to a crib in our room. And then we moved him into his own room. He was, he was, he actually, we, we followed the rules way better with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people's experience goes, you know? All right. And the second common misconception is I have to buy a super expensive mattress for better breathability. Have you seen those really? I, I, I was, I just sent you one not that yeah. long ago. That's like, uh, kind of like birds nesty. Like it, it's like noodly. The mattress is noodly. I don't know what they're called, mm-hmm. but I think it's supposedly supposed to be better because your kid can be face down and breathe through it or something. Um, yes. And it's very expensive. I don't, yes. I don't want to shame any companies, but <laughs> it was just like, I sent it to Carrie and I was just like, can you imagine? I, I don't know. I, we didn't spend that much. No, but 
we're cheap. So <laughs> we are also cheap, but you do not have to have a super expensive mattress for it to be safe. And I am just going to come out and say, if I remember, I think the company that you sent me, I know the one that I'm familiar with is Newton and they can run like three to $500 for a mattress, which is insane in my opinion. And, um, we're going to talk about this a little more with another misconception, but breathability is very much a marketing term. And it is not something that is like governed by any organization or that is like testable or provable. It's It's, literally not measured, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not measurable. It's just this company decided we're going to use the term breathable and they put that on there and parents like lap it up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so no, that those mattresses are not safer. A crib mattress, which we kind of talked about that flat firm space, crib mattresses are made to be flat and firm. And so they're not going to conform to your child's nose and mouth if they are rolling over and, you know, face planting in the mattress. So any certified crib mattress is fine. You do not have to spend top dollar, um, to have a safe sleeping space. All right. And then the third one is, and I've actually never heard of these, so um, I'll be excited to hear. Bed sharing is safe as long as I follow the safe sleep seven. And the seven are non-smoker, sober or unimpaired, breastfeeding, healthy and full term, on back, lightly dressed, and safe surface. Yes. And what they... (laughs) Oh, I'm going to get a lot of, I I may get flack for this, but um, this is often an argument like, oh, bed sharing safe as long as you follow the safe sleep seven. And while I will definitely give it to you that that makes it safer if we're following these things, it is still not safe. It is not the gold standard. It is not um, what we know is going to reduce the risk of SIDS and prevent ASSB. That's not the case. So safer. Yes. And then it's kind of up to the family to decide if they're comfortable with still having that degree of risk that is still very much present. Um, And, you know, what I would encourage you, there's, there's different resources you can look at if you are planning to bed share, or if you maybe reactively are bed sharing, it wasn't part of your plan, but you've just kind of ended up there to make sure that if that's what you're choosing to do, that you're doing it as safe as possible. Um, So check out the safe sleep seven, you can Google it and find more info about it. Mainly, you know, other than making sure that the adult is, you know, a non-smoker is unimpaired, you know, not, not under the influence of alcohol or medication, um, that you're breastfeeding, that your baby was healthy and full term. We don't want to be bed sharing with any, uh, preterm babies or babies with medical issues. Um, but then also that safe surface, which is one of the seven is basically making sure that the bed is there, that there is no way for your baby to be wedged between the bed and the wall, the bed and the headboard, that there's like zero possibility that that could happen. Ideally, a mattress would be on the floor so they can't roll out. And definitely, you know, the firmest possible adult mattress you can have. Nothing that is squishy or pillow top or memory foam. So again, that is not what I would recommend. I would recommend that you have your baby in their own space, but if that is not something that you 
can do or are choosing to do, then taking as many precautions as you can to make the bed sharing safer, but knowing it's not safe. Did I say that enough? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the parent deciding that it's worth the risk for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, we all have to make those choices every day. I think we've kind of all learned that with COVID over the last year and a half, like we are making risk benefit decisions all the time. Um, and, and this is another one of those. So I would encourage you if you are still trying to figure out, um, definitely read up on it more and, look at specifically what the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics is recommending um, because they are kind of a good governing body for all things safe sleep. The number four common misconception is it's okay to put my baby in X, Y, or Z to sleep as long as it's supervised. And I am guilty of this. (laughs) Yes. And you're not alone, Kayla. I have been guilty of this too. And it's, um, Uh, It sounds kind of morbid, but unless you are watching your child intently the whole time that they're sleeping in X, Y, Z, you know, whatever that is, sleeping and dead, not breathing look very similar, you know, and that it really just takes a matter of seconds or minutes for that to happen. And so that, that is a misconception I hear a lot. And so, you know, I will hear that with things like the Dakotot or, you know, like a boppy or like with the rock and play, um, before it was recalled. And even after I I've seen people say like, well, we'll still use it just for supervised. Those are not safe places for your baby to sleep. And so, you know, you, you are taking that risk, even if you're calling it supervised, it's not, not necessarily always supervised. And, um, along that I have some people that will say maybe they're not physically watching their child, but they have like one of those outlet baby monitors, you know, that alerts them, um, to if the breathing rate changes or anything like that. And my issue with those is that their technology. And I think we all know how often technology fails us, you know, and is that, is that really something that we want to be counting on um, when we're putting our child in an unsafe space. Okay. The number five common misconception is mesh bumpers are safe to use because they are breathable. Yep. There's that breathable marketing term again. (laughs) These companies are smart, man, because they, I mean, they just know like when you're tired, you're exhausted as a parent and they just know, they know how to market things, unfortunately. Um, But any kind of bumpers, whether they are the mesh ones, whether they are labeled as breathable or not, are not considered safe. Most crib manuals are going to explicitly state that you should not add anything extra to the crib. And, you know, that's because your crib has been safety tested and gone through rigorous testing in its own state. And so adding anything else is, is they can't guarantee that it's safe. And same thing with your bassinet or your play yard, those all go through rigorous testing. And the, the risk with 
bumpers is that there could be suffocation, but there's also a strangulation risk. If anything were to come unloose or to get, you know, accidentally untied by your, your other child, by your toddler walking in the room. I mean, anything like that, there just is always that suffocation and strangulation risk. So we want to stay away from bumpers. Um, and I know that's hard, especially when our little ones become more mobile and they are like, you know, moving around and everything. Um, but having a limb that is temporarily stuck in a crib slat is a much, much better alternative to, you know, the risk of, of something else more severe happening. And if it's really bothering you, you can stick your child, like if they're in a crib and they're always getting a leg stuck and it's making them unhappy, start using a pack and play for a while because the pack and play sides are not crib slats, right? So they can't get a limb stuck outside of them. So I think that's really helpful. Kayla, you don't, you don't watch Grey's Anatomy, right? I do not. No. Mm -mm. I wish I could get you on board. I love Grey's Anatomy, but what I hate about it is every time one of their doctors has a baby, it's like you see their room and their, their crib is like, bumpers and blankets and I'm like dude this is a doctor show super cozy they've got the mobile hanging on top of it yeah yeah I'm like you can't put bumpers in a crib this is a doctor show like people try to take medical information from this show yeah Yeah. that's just a pet peeve of mine (laughs) all right the last common misconception is and this is kind of what we've been kind of talking about with the previous misconceptions is that anything and everything marketed for sleep is safe to use for sleeping. Yep. And, and this is another one that as, as a sleep consultant and as an advocate for safe sleep, this bothers me to no end. Um, there are, it it should be, it It should be, we should not be selling things that are not safe. Right. It's very unfortunate because as a first time parent, you usually don't know. And then when you're desperate, you start making not the greatest decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's sad. Yeah. It it really is. And, you know, it just, well, I think it was just last week or recently, um, the Boppy loungers have been recalled very recently. Those are something that weren't even technically marketed to sleep. I believe their tag actually said, do not use for sleep. Um, but you know, there have been babies that have died even when their parent has used, you know, the Boppy correctly, put them on their back. They, they have died sleeping in there. And so things like that being recalled, I'm, I'm, calling it now. I've been saying it for a while and anybody who's, you know, follows safe sleep will, will probably agree. Docatot, it is just a matter of time before that is recalled before there is some kind of recall with that, because that is not a safe sleep space. Um, and Docatot, you know, in recent years has, to be fair, they've done a good job of getting away from advertising the Docatot for sleep. And now they specifically say that it's not for sleep, but for okay, many, but what is it for then? Right, right. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lounger. Like you're supposed to just put your baby in it when they're hanging out, but like, hello, that's what the floor in a blanket is for. I don't know why we need, you know, a yeah. however expensive a Docatot is. And at the beginning, it was very much used and recommended for sleep and for bed sharing. And, 
Um, they have since gotten away from that marketing, but the damage is done because that's what people use it for. That's what people recommend it for. And, and people just don't realize that that, that is not safe. Um, the rock and play has been recalled. You know, that was a couple years ago. I was a rock and player. Yep. 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 With my first. And then, yeah, once it was recalled, I was like, Oh, nope. Nope. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, that was something else. I think it was marketed as like a sleeper and that is, is not safe. So what I want to leave you guys with is that there are three safety approved spaces for sleep, three only, and they are things labeled as a bassinet, as a crib, or as a play yard, also known as a pack and play. So those are the only three that have passed the testing that are considered safe. They should say that they are one of those three things in the manual. So sometimes people, and I think they're cracking down on this, but sometimes people will be sneaky in like their Amazon listing. So the title of the Amazon listing may say bassinet, but it is not truly a bassinet. So you have to get a little creative. I wish that we didn't have to dig in that it was just straight up easy to tell what's safe and what's not. Um, But this is kind of our world and capitalism and marketing and all of that crap right now. So bassinet, crib, play yard, those are the only three spaces that are tested and actually safe for sleep. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope, again, I hope that this did not feel at all like a guilting you or shaming you. Our goal with this is just to make sure you have the info you need and to clear up some common misconceptions that I hear very often from parents. Um, In the show notes, I'm going to link some resources. I'm going to link my safe sleep blog post that kind of goes over those basics again, so you can check it out. It also has some um, more specific links within it. And there's also, um, oh, what would you call it? Like specific item numbers. If you're looking into what bassinet or crib or pack and play, if the item you're looking at is actually one of those, there are some more specific numbers on them that can help you if you're purchasing something. So um, check that out. And then I'm also going to link a Facebook group that is, is a good reference for understanding what is safe sleep. And if you are wanting to really practice safe sleep, they offer some helpful support. So I'm going to link them as well. So you can check them out. Okay. And last thing that I want to say is, is that if you are following anybody on Instagram or in any Facebook groups and you feel like you are being judged, be done, be done with them. Okay. Um, Because like we were talking about, there are the safe sleep rules and then there are risks that we decide to take. Um, so of course we're going to say, use the safe sleep rules, but we also want to talk about if you are making those risks, how to make them safer. So if you feel like you're being judged in any part of raising your children, mm-hmm. don't let that into your life. Okay. Nothing but love and understanding here. Thank you so much for listening to the sleep talking moms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review Each review helps more tired and overwhelmed moms find simple and practical sleep advice. See you back here soon.